When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. It's me and three things on my mind. I press record and we start talking. It's a Halloween episode release, ah, but not a Halloween edition. We've talked about Halloween on the Knapsack Files. Hell, I've been around since 2013 doing this show. Uh, so we have had Halloween editions. We could do life ranked on the best costumes you've ever had. We could do all that stuff. But I'm not a big Halloween person. This is well documented on my Patreon-only show this month. I kind of went into it. Recently here on the Knapsack Files, I talked about why I don't like the scary movies, because they scare me. I just wasn't raised with Halloween. I was raised with a uh, church alternative. And I am okay with that, because I got to dress like a cowboy a lot. Oh, speaking of cowboys, we're going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 as well today. But I did want to start with Halloween. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. I hope you all enjoy it, just because I don't find it to be my most favorite of holidays. You know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Star Wars Day, uh, New Comic Wednesday. These are all holidays I love. Fresh donut mornings, it's a holiday every day. But I absolutely respect your love of Halloween, and it's got a lot of candy A lot of candy flowing around, and that's part of the memories of the season. I am a fan of candy. And I want to really put this down. This is the third thing on my mind uh, as we work our way up to number one. And I want to start with this, and it's candy corn. All right. This isn't a bad stand-up comedy act. I'm not trying to do some hacky candy corn jokes. And I've talked about this issue elsewhere. Uh, you know, I, I blab and blab and blab, so sometimes I can't quite remember. But I want to settle this here and now. I want to defend candy corn. There is a movement afoot to just cancel candy corn. Cancel culture has its eyes on candy corn, and it's ridiculous. I know they might not be the best candy out there. All right, Reese's Pieces. Nestle Crunch, those little crackles. All right, those are all the things we can talk about, too. I do love some chocolate or some milk chocolate, which, yes, I know isn't real chocolate, but real chocolate tastes horribly bitter, and I don't want it. Put a lot of milk in my chocolate, and I'm a happy camper. I like all that. I'm not much for sour stuff. Maybe sweet and sour. I can deal with it. Some Sour Patch Kids Watermelon Edition. Yes, good to go. But candy corn. I have loved candy corn. For the longest time. I think it, it it's like a memory associated with, with the holiday season. So even though I didn't necessarily, uh, I say, have Halloween. We didn't focus on 
Halloween, haunts and spirits and trick-or-treating and all that kind of stuff growing up. Fair enough. But we did concentrate on the candy. All right? I would go to this church event every year for Halloween dressed as a cowboy. And the candy was a-flowing. Manna from heaven indeed during the Halloween season. And I would go home with a lot of candy. I got a sweet tooth. I love my sugar. (laughs) I wish I didn't. Trust me. Every time I get on a scale... Yep, I love sugar. But I don't know. I guess as a kid, all of us, you know, just this is just a lesson of, of, of the cynicism and the hate, the anger, the fear, the suffering that really can fall upon you as you grow up. We're not born this way. We're born to love. We're born to celebrate. When I was a kid and the first bits of candy corn landed in my sweaty palms, I didn't question it. Put it in my mouth. I chewed that waxy goodness. It's got three different little colors on it. You could bite them individually, which is what I often do still to this day. Nibble the little front part, nibble the little orange middle, and then uh, enjoy the yellow end. All right? That's my... Preferred way to eat candy corn, to savor it, to savor that waxy goodness. And yes, I know it's waxy, but I just, I don't know. It's a Pavlovian dog type thing. October comes around. I start wanting that kind of undescribable taste that candy corn has. It's like a sweet, it's like a little sweet carrot flavor. I don't know. I can't describe it. You guys, you guys know. And I need to know where my candy corn fans are. Because thanks to the power of social media, a lot of people out there, people that I love and respect, I will add. I'm not going to use their names. One of my friends, big in the voiceover industry. Oh, yeah. He's been a regular guest here on the Napsack Files. He tweeted out some hate for candy corn. People hate candy corn, and I don't know why. Of all the candy available in the world, all the little sweet tarts and gummies and gummy sweet tarts, various forms of chocolate, I mean, we all know the real enemy here is almond joy and mounds. We know the real enemy is coconut in your candy. Coconut on your donut, coconut. That's the real enemy. Not candy corn. What I love about candy corn, too, it comes in little little sensible packets, too. Now, granted, uh, recently I, I found some gluten-free candy corn. I, uh, sure, sounds good. Healthy candy corn. I'm sure it's completely healthy. We fall for that phrase, gluten-free, don't we? And they came in the sensible little packets. And I enjoyed one sensible little packet. Got like little six corns in it. Uh, That was good. And then the next day I came by and uh, I just ate the rest of the box, like eight more sensible packets, just opened them all individually. Like, all right, I I had one sensible packet. I was going to repeat my process and go to sit down to eat that, go back, throw a little little plastic away. And I go back by my little cupboard here in the kitchen. And I was like, yeah. Let's just do this. So I opened up the box, and I individually opened every package. Separately, you know, 
ripped them up, and then put them in a little bowl. No longer sensible packets. All right. So I'll admit, you know, I messed up the messed up the balance of the candy corn then. But that's okay. Candy corn. Now I will say this. And and actually, this is another reason I like candy corn. I could eat those little crackles and Nestle Crunch Bars and Butterfingers. Just ask the people at Collider. They always keep like little bite-sized Butterfingers in like the little snack closet. I show up for like a Jedi Counselor or a Schmodown. The, the the bag is gone. They're always at where's the where's the Butterfingers? I'm in the corner. I I and you can eat and you can eat and you can eat. But with candy corn, there's like a built-in limiter. It's like a limiter on your uh, on your gas pedal in the car. You know, you're going to hit 90, and that's the most you're going to hit. If I eat about eight small packets of candy corn, I just tested this theory the other day, my throat starts to burn. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, that's not a good case for candy corn. Oh, no, 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 it's all right. It's all right. It's actually really good. Uh, but the reason being, it's, it's a built-in limiter. That way, I could be really sensible in my candy corn consumption. Your Nestle Crunch, your Reese's Pieces doesn't have that. I go to a movie theater, I get an entire bag of Reese's Pieces, you know, the supersized ones, and I devour that before the trailers even end. The, 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 the main feature film that I'm watching hasn't even popped up on the screen, and an entire bag of Reese's Pieces is gone. You couldn't do that with candy corn. So therefore, I, I, I say it's even healthier. So point being, there's no end to this debate. I just want to stick up for a candy I love. And I, I hope I'm not alone. So if, if, if I'm not alone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find me on Twitter at Ken Knapsack. You can even do it on Instagram at Ken Knapsack and then hashtag the Knapsack files and include a picture of you at your most happiest eating a bag of candy corn. I want to see. I want to see if I can find some candy corn allies out there. All right? It's all right. Good. Happy Halloween. The number two thing on my mind, well, it's the thing I don't want on my mind. I want to kind of uh, have, uh, I, I need to be productive right now. I've got a lot of writing going on. I'm recording these podcasts. Whew. And in video games, I'm one of those people that video games can ensnare you. It can be a trap. And then the game I've been waiting for for quite a long time, the game that a lot of people are waiting for, we mentioned it before, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, no. Whew. I haven't lost a lot of my life. I've been really good. It has been a test of my discipline to not just get up at 9 a.m. and play till, you know, 3 a.m. It's possible. I could be one of those stories of a local Burbank man was found dead today inside his apartment. The apparent cause of death, 72 straight hours of Red Dead Redemption. Never left his Ikea couch. Kitchen, two yards away. Wouldn't go to it. Bathroom, five yards away. A decent NFL running back could leap and get a first down in the distance between the couch and the bathroom. But this local Burbank man stayed on the couch and died playing Red Dead Redemption. That's, that's me if I'm not careful. But I've been careful. I've been careful. So I've been enjoying the game. But yes, this game, if you are a gamer or you are just a fan, and a lot of people, like I, was, I got into Red Dead Redemption, the first one, back in what, 2010, 2011, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a gamer. That's definitely a different category. But even then, I love this game. 
And this game, wow, this is an impressive game. It is just beautiful. One of the appeals of the first game, and I know there was Red Dead Revolver before that, but the Red Dead Redemption game, the first one, I, I would find it relaxing. In a game that is all about violence, including graphic depictions of hunting and skinning animals just so you could eat and survive and feed your camp, in a game like that, one of the biggest appeals for me, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, is just strolling around the landscape. That's what I loved, I said before, about the first Red Dead Redemption. When it would start raining in the game, I would just walk along with my horse. No missions, no side missions, no poker, no nothing. I just... And it actually was relaxing. Well, this game's got the same, and it is... 100 times more beautiful, 100 times more detailed, 100 times more, uh, um, I guess, large, larger. It's larger. That's the correct phrase I'm trying to use there. It is, it is an impressive game. It's an impressive game. It's a perfect no. I think uh, I've heard some of the complaints. Uh, you know, it's too easy to commit crimes even when you don't want to, and I've experienced that. Uh, wandering into town because tra- uh, strangers will interact with you. People will interact with you, and sometimes you want to... You know, there's a morality level, and sometimes you want to be bad, and you want to just rob people and, and steal horses and be an outlaw. Other times, and I'm mostly this kind of player, I just kind of want to stroll through town, get some supplies, maybe buy some salted pork, and, you know, ride my horse back in the rain to camp. Leave me alone. But a lot of times the strangers will find you, and you will uh, press the interaction uh, features, the buttons there, and you'll I will choose... I've always selected diffuse, greet, and then diffuse. Those are my whole options. There's, there's, the, there's the option to rob. There's the uh, uh, option to, to keep, kind of be more aggressive, challenge, be a jerk. But I always choose the option, first greet, how are you, and then diffuse. Oh, I didn't mean no trouble, partner. I, I choose those options. I can't tell you how many times those two options, hey, and how are you, and don't mean to bother you, have turned into a shootout. My bounty is now like over $210 in, in Hanover County. And I'm if you don't play the game and I'm saying all these things that you don't know, I apologize. This is on my mind, and this is big. This is part of what's cooking, uh, get, getting the world going. It's cooking up uh, the pop culture zeitgeist there. Um so I have to talk about it. It's on my mind. So that's one problem of the game is all the kind of things. Uh, and, and yes, for whatever reason, this time around, the hunting is, is upsetting me emotionally a little bit. Now, different times, right? In, in the real olden days, yet yeah, we, we needed to, you know, hunt uh, for our survival. And I am a meat eater. I'm very much a meat eater. All right. Trying to go a little bit more veggie here and there for a lot of various reasons, of course. Health, the sake of the world, all those good reasons. Yep, yep, I'm there with you too. But I'm sorry. The idea of uh, giving up a good old juicy steak is something that I just don't see happening. Now, you never know. You never know. Life can change. But that said, I am very much, I don't want to see how the cake is made, all right? I don't want to see... What goes on uh, in the in the slaughterhouses up on the five freeways? If, if you're a California person, you know what that means. I, I don't. I know. I get it. Don't need to see it. I can, I can disconnect, make the disconnect, or create the disconnect in my brain. 
But a Red Dead Redemption, not so much. It was part of the fun of the first game. Absolutely. You want to go hunt a bear? Let's go hunt a bear. I am, I'm not a fan of trophy hunting in real life. Uh, I just can't bring I just I just can't bring myself to I, I put myself in that mindset. But you know, I try not to wag fingers. So uh, I don't know. Um, but in this game, it's front and center. And Red Dead Redemption Two, it is just a level more graphic. It lingers on it. There, there's uh, you know. So this time around, I I I just I've come across some beautiful creatures on my travels through Red Dead Redemption Town, and uh, I've let them be. We'll see. I might complete the game without doing an obsessive amount of of hunting, like last time I did. There'd be times on the first Red Redemption, Red Dead Redemption, um, where either was I just sign in and I just go play poker, or I'd go around and uh, hunt buffalo because that seems like a good idea. I, I came across a herd of buffalo, and this was like the first moral challenge for me. Came across a herd of buffalo just riding through the uh, the landscape, and I instinctively reached, uh, you know, for the uh, the R two button to to aim my rifle. I'm on a PS four, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Then. I got into a fight, because that's what you always do in this game. I got into a fight in the city of Valentine, and uh, two guys uh, got in a shootout with me, and uh, their dog went after me. And this happened on Twitch. Some people were watching my stream. Their dog went after me. I, again, pulled my revolver and, and couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. I couldn't shoot the video game dog, and that's a good place in life. So, yeah. This game is violent. Yeah, video games are violent. Hell, I play Fortnite. I get it, I get it, I get it. But this game is also an amazing achievement in just this wonderful interactive open world. You can play the game at your own pace, and you can get lost in it. And that's dangerous. It also makes me think that, man, one day if we could get a true Star Wars game like this, a Game of Thrones video game like this, you might never see me again. That might be the time that I have to shut down the Napsock files, no longer be an active member of Force Center. You wouldn't see me on Collider Jedi Council. I'd just be home. I don't even know if I'd stream. Maybe a little bit. Then I'd just turn it off and play for the rest of my life. I think the problem, though, specifically with Star Wars, and something I would most likely uh, address again over on Force Center, with Star Wars canon being so important now, I can't imagine... A scenario where uh, this game, uh, so open world and so interactive with all little subplots, little stories. I was just roaming around the, the countryside in Red Dead Redemption 2 and stumbled onto a house with a meteor uh, in the middle of it and some dead people around it. Again, very graphic. Um, it's the meteor house, and I put it in my little journal, but it's just sitting there. You know, you, you don't, you're not going to find it unless you dig for it in the game. And it's got its own little kind of little storyline right in there. And I just can't imagine that going on in a Star Wars game. Seems weird to me. Seems weird because it, it seems like you eventually have to answer a lot of these questions that the video game would create in canon. But it's possible. It's possible. Battlefront 2, uh, short story mode, but it did succeed in integrating new story with old canon and having some fun with the connection. So it's possible. Game of Thrones could do it as well. There'd be a little... Depending if you want to go like the show timeline or the book timeline, you would you probably run into some lore or canon quandaries, but I think you can pull it off, and that's it. That's and I won't. That's why I won't touch Skyrim. I 
did the first Mass Effect game and got myself too lost in that. So I, I, I got to know myself. And that's maybe another thing on my mind, too. When we talk about games, because I know I'm not the only one. I know a lot of you out there listening, too. It is okay to play these games, to dive in, to roll up your sleeves and have some fun. But don't be afraid to pump the brakes. Put some things in place that will uh, keep you from losing a weekend on the couch. Uh, but if you do that, don't beat yourself up. Pick yourself up, actually, and, and, and get on with life. Try to remain a functional human being. All right. So Candy Corn, Red Dead Redemption, those are the first two things on my mind. But the first thing on my mind, the number one thing on my mind this week is, without a doubt, things in the world. And, and I know I'm talking about frivolous things about... Candy and, and Red Dead Redemption 2. But there's a lot of things every week. A tumultuous time we live in, we, we address it. Uh, uh, we, we address it in those kind of ways, right? Just be a, a t-shirt. Tumultuous times. And there's a lot on a lot of people's minds constantly. We've got some big elections coming up. we got all those kind of things that definitely encourage you to vote. I vote from home, and it's really simple. Encourage you to do that, too. Um, But I always contend that, you know, it's always tumultuous times. It always is tumultuous times. You can find it. We just now hear about it more. We hear about it more. But in these times, we'll put quotations around these times, what I find myself coming back to a lot is this notion, this little silly phrase I say to myself, and that is people is people. Yep, I'm intentionally grammatically incorrect there. People is people. You could say it like that. If it makes you feel better to say people are people, go for it. But people is people. And what I mean by that is when the earth starts shaking and the bombs start dropping and the bullets start flying, we are all just people. We're all trying to make it work here. We're all trying to figure it out. We all make mistakes. We're all not perfect. And we all are just trying to get along we're all just trying to chase our dreams. However big they are, however small you might think they are, we are all people. And I don't want people to forget that. I don't want people to forget that. When we hear and see these tragedies, tragedies unfolding in front of us, these, these, these shootings or these natural disasters, um, wars, all these things that have, that have plagued plagued us for eons and eons. Um, and then specifically some of the ones that are of our time because of uh, uh, weapons and technology and all those kind of things. Yeah, we, we see all of it more now. But uh, what is always the case at the end of the day is, is, is we are all people. And I think, I think, I know that we all should take a moment to remember that before we respond. Remember that before you debate very tough, hot-button, nuanced issues, fighting for, for, for rights over the concept of rights. People are people, and get in front of the people that you don't know. Get in front of the people that you're not normally around. I think it's a valuable thing. It's very easy to debate from afar. It's very easy to say this group of people shouldn't have these kind of rights because X, Y, and Z, and it's all in your brain, and it's all from a scholarly position or a a research position. I understand those debates, but at the end of the day, if you're standing next to that person on a train station 
platform and the train crashes coming in and you've got to save them or they got to save you. That's what counts to me. That is what counts to me. I look around my neighbors. I don't know my neighbors that well. But earthquake hits, we'll all be standing out in the courtyard. And who you are, and what little letter is before your political affiliation, all that does start to go out the window, which is not to say the rest of the stuff is not important. That the rest of the stuff is, is not things we shouldn't, shouldn't address. But my point of view is always to treat people like individuals, like the person that you are. And that's part of the growth I had 20 years in L.A. It's, uh, I'll tell you, a hell of a lot more diverse than where I was raised. And so it would be very easy to form preconceived notions of any kind of person, any kind of description or orientation or affiliation that you want to put in front of a specific uh, person or group of persons. It'd be very easy, and it was very easy, for me to form some really uh, harsh opinions. And that's, that's okay. It's part of life. It's part of life. I moved to L.A. and things started to change. You start to be around individuals and, and groups and people with beliefs that it's not about that you don't agree with them. It's just that you've never been around them. And I think 20 years ago, it was important for me to come to a big city to experience that. But I also think nowadays there's less of an excuse for those who aren't. Uh, you don't have to move to a big city, but you do have the Internet. We're all in this thing. We're all got our sleeves up fighting online. Take that breath and treat people as people. You start to change when they're right in front of you. And, and this goes all ways, by the way, but, but you will find it a lot harder to say, well, I don't think they deserve that when that they is standing right in front of you. You're reminded that they are flesh and blood. You're reminded that at the end of the day, they just want to get home and play Red Dead Redemption 2 and eat their candy corn, just like you. People is people, and I, I get really sad. I get really sad. I've been down to a lot of things. Life is stressful, blah, blah, blah. You don't hear my problems. But I've been down lately because I just see the constant fervor online. The constant fervor online. Everyone is just loud noise. Now, you listening might not be the loud noise. I don't think I'm the loud noise. I don't tweet much. But you know what I mean. Loud noise. Just that white noise in the background. Shh. And sometimes it's hard to get heard over that noise. And sometimes you need to shout. Do not get me wrong. Sometimes you need to shout. Sometimes, like Admiratus says... Oh, I say we fight. Yes. But I get really down when I see all these things. All these bad things constantly happening. And we tweet and we tweet and we post and we post and we read and we read these stories and we watch these stories. And it becomes its own kind of life porn. And it pulls you down and it's dread and it grabs on deep. But I see everyone forgetting what we're talking about a lot of the times are people. 
There are nuanced discussions. There needs to be nuanced discussions. I don't see a lot of common sense and reason out there. And I know a lot of you probably feel the same way. But people is people. Look across the table at the person you don't know and ask yourself, what will you do when the earth starts shaking or the waves start coming in or our disaster hits? Are you going to walk away from them because of something you don't agree with? Are you going to walk away from them from some preconceived notion? Or are you going to extend your hand out and help them? I'm not a smart man. I'm not a wise man. But I just look around the world and I just want people to be treated as people. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. That is the number one thing on my mind this week. It's the three things here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. And you all make it possible. If you want to follow me on Twitter, well, by golly, you can. Just go to at Ken Knapsack and follow me there. I'm on Instagram. I am on YouTube now. You guys have heard it. You guys are probably watching. Humble beginnings, probably years after I should have started. But you know what? Being unemployed at home will make you think about things in a different light. I'm on there. More things coming. Um, check it out, especially my, my Motivations with Ken series, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you have some advice, like you want you want some motivational advice, reach out to me using the hashtag Motivations with Ken. I have to give a special thanks to my Patreon supporters at the producer and executive producer levels. They mean a lot to me. Jason Humphreys, The Hump 351, Pags, Alex Marriott, Kai Thatch, Kyle Gerbrandt, Zach Anderson, Don Along, The Amazing Web, Jonas Bergren, Corey Morissette, Graham Bell, Kyle Harlow, and David Triana out there in Orlando. Those are my producers. And then my executive producers, DJ Snacks, Thomas Risling. We call him Sir Thomas Tatal, Lethal, Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, my Fortnite coach, Jacob at Star Wars Legends Con, and uh, Matt Noslack, Matt Thompson at TMP Media Productions, and Tamor Butter. Go ahead and check them out online if you want. I usually do a tweet at the end of the month giving thanks to them as well. Become part of the community. If you want to support, go to patreon.com slash the Knapsack Files. Get special shows like Five Extra Minutes, a Patreon-only show, and jump into the Discord server. But if you don't, you know what you can do? You can just listen. You can spread the word. Or give a rating and review on iTunes. That is the spiel. But it all means a lot to me. All right, that is it. I've got some great guests coming up soon in November. Some, uh, I hope, inspirational stories. Uh, Finding a little more time after a tough month. A good month, but a tough month writing-wise. A lot of work to be done. In November, as we race towards the, the major holidays, no disrespect, Halloweeners, we head towards the major holidays. Ooh, we're going to have some good guests coming in. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. <laughs> <laughs>